1: Welcome back to the Agent of Wealth. This is your host Mark Baudis. Today I'm joined by a special guest, Fred Moskowitz. Fred's an author, entrepreneur, and speaker who's on a personal mission to teach people about the power of investing in alternative asset classes such as mortgage notes. In his recent book release, The Little Green Book of Note Investing, Fred publishes his concise yet definitive guide for new investors seeking to learn about this market niche. The book is filled with practical advice, motivational case studies, and best practices for aspiring investors. Today, he'll provide valuable insights into diversifying investments through mortgage notes. Fred, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. It's great to be here. Yeah. So, I mean, let's get right into it. Can you just kind of go through what a, what is a mortgage note? You know, we have a, a lot of people that are into real estate investing, but they may not be familiar with this part of real estate investing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to dive into that. I'll tell you something, Mark. I feel like a lot of people know about this but not in the the context of what our conversation is going to be about. It, mortgage notes, right? Think about about this. Most, not all, but most houses, most properties in the United States are purchased with some kind of financing. You go, you get a loan from the bank, you put a down payment down, the bank funds the rest, and then in exchange, the bank, the lender, they're going to take a interest on title on the property. And that's a secured interest, a secured position. And the property is leaned, has a lien, which is the security for the amount being lent. And so that's uh, that's the mortgage. So let's talk about the area I love, which is note investing, buying and holding mortgage notes. Here's the thing, Mark, a lot of people know about investing in real estate, whether it's single family houses or apartments, but let's talk about investing in the paper. That's what we do. We invest in the notes and mortgages that are associated with those properties. I feel that this is a really interesting and really powerful part of the real estate business and many real estate investors, they don't pay any attention to it. For most people, when they think of a note and a mortgage, they think of being the borrower. Well, how about being the lender? As a note investor, you can be the lender and you step into the shoes of the bank. And what this does is you transition from being the one making the monthly payments to being the one receiving the monthly payments. And so through note investing, it's a great way to increase the predictability of your cash flow. And so I love that as an investment because you have consistent cash flow. Your investment is backed by collateral. So it's backed by real estate, which has tangible value. It gives you a lot of downside protection and you can earn a really nice rate of return. And so uh, that's why I love mortgage note investing. It's very powerful. It's something that I often uh, have conversations with, with investors about. Exploring this, exploring this, I think that everyone's investment portfolio should have some portion of it dedicated to income producing assets, whether it be real estate or mortgage notes, there's different forms of that. But it really lends itself well to helping round out an overall investment portfolio. Maybe help, I guess walk us through an example of how someone who's getting
1: started in the space is interested in – because I'm sure they're, they're not going out looking for someone purchasing a house. Are they buying these on the second – I guess you call it the sec- secondary market. Maybe just walk us through like an example of how someone buys a mortgage note.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you're exactly right. Mortgage notes are bought and sold on the secondary market every day, right? I'm sure most people have had the experience where you go, you uh, buy a property or you refinance a property and you start making your monthly mortgage payments. And then when you know it, within two or three months after you're closing, You get a letter from the bank saying, Dear Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, we are writing to advise you that your loan has been sold. And here's the address, contact information for the new lender. And starting next month, please make your payments to the new lender. And by the way, don't worry. None of the terms of your financing change, interest rate, your payments, all that stays the same. However, starting next month, make your payments to the new lender. And so this happens all the time. Loans get bought. They get put into bonds, different mortgage-backed securities, and other financial products. And then after a few years, those instruments are broken down again, and all the loans get sold off again. So this, this happens over and over. Now, for individual investors, we can participate in that secondary market and buy notes. Buy notes from other note investors, from mortgage note funds, hedge funds. They typically will sell loans from time to time. And so that really opens up opportunity for those of us that are active investors in this space. Let's even take it a step further. Now, there's the secondary market. Banks,
1: uh, at all times, they're offloading or buying or selling notes. So notes are Available. How does an individual investor go through the process and say, yes, this note is a good investment for me to
2: buy? There's two ways to get involved in note investing. Uh, the first way is to buy a note directly on the secondary market from a note seller and build a portfolio that way. Now, there's another way, which is you can invest passively in a note fund that's managed professionally. And the fund managers of a note fund, they go out, they raise capital from investors, very much like in a real estate syndication. They will pull pool all that money together, and then they'll go out in the secondary market and buy notes in bulk quantity. And so what's the benefit of that? Well, when you're buying in bulk quantity, you can negotiate better pricing, a better discount. And for the investors, for the passive investors, they're also able to leverage the experience and expertise and the relationships, the access to buy notes that the fund managers have. And so that's a great option for, for some people. Both ways are great. It really comes down to your personal preference. How much time do you have to dedicate to this business but uh, both ways you can be very successful either buying notes individually and building up a portfolio or investing passively in a note fund. You mentioned that one is more passive than, than the other. What about capital needs, right? I imagine if you're building a portfolio of mortgage notes, you probably need a decent amount of capital. Absolutely. Note investing is a capital-intensive business. So definitely... Um, you need capital. Uh, I see a lot of investors getting involved in mortgage notes, uh, and their source of capital might be from real estate that they held long-term as a rental property, and then they sold it. Now they want to redeploy that into notes. Another thing I see a lot is someone that has a old 401k or an IRA from a prior employer and they're moving that account, and now they want to invest with that capital. And that's also another great source of uh, capital for note investing. Not to mention the tax benefits that come with investing out of a retirement account combined with note investing can be very, very powerful.
1: Yeah, IRAs, 401ks can be used, you know, if you go the self-directed route, can be used for putting notes inside them. How does it work with... The investment income that someone would get from a note in comparison to what like the interest rates are like that people hear about from a 30 year or a 15 year, because, and I know they've changed wildly over the past year, year and a half, but for someone thinking of doing this and, you know, it, like basically a year ago or a year and a half ago, interest, you know, you could get a 30 year mortgage for, four, you know, at 4%. Is someone who's buying that note, is that what they're, the percentage that they're getting or, you know, is it that plus, are they are they able to buy notes at a
2: discount or how does the whole return work? So notes, yes, are typically uh, sold at a discount. In other words, they're sold for less than the amount owed on the loan balance. And so when you do that, that drives up the rate of return, which is going to be higher than the interest rate. This can vary all across the board. Uh, Loans can go from 4% and they can go up into the double digits as well. And everything in between, it comes down to the quality of the loan, quality of the collateral, the strength of the borrower. So you, you go through all that underwriting process when you're performing due diligence before buying a note. And so there's no set rate of return; it it really can vary. And some of the loans that were originated with lower interest rates, if they're being sold today. They're going to be sold with a greater discount to account for the current interest rate market, for sure. Sure. So, just going back
1: to like kind of that due diligence, and what are the things involved that someone who's buying a note? So, it's strength of the borrower. How would the investor get that information?
2: It's readily available to the extent that the seller of the note is going to present a package with all the loan documents the borrower's profile and information, their loan application, um, credit report, all of those things. As well as the loan history. What's the payment history on the loan? Uh, have all payments been made on time as agreed for the past five years? or is there uh, are there patterns of there's a couple of months out of the year where there's late payments coming in? And, and so you can see all that when you look at, at the records on the loan. And so, yeah, that's going to be uh, something that the seller will present to the buyer, so they can review that.
1: And for the for the buyer, is this strictly like a mathematical calculation where they look in at all these variables, they put in different, you know, okay, the the credit score is this, the interest rates are currently at this, the, and they come out with okay, the value for this loan that that they're willing to pay is X. And then if it matches, obviously, what the seller is looking to sell it at, then there's a, a match there. Or is there other things? Do they look into the the location of the property and kind of make a determination of, oh, this is a good area or appreciating area or what else goes into it? Or is it
2: strictly just the mathematics of it? No, the the real estate market conditions absolutely goes into that as well. Are you buying in a desirable area, or are you buying in an undesirable area, or is it a super rural uh, location uh, as opposed to an urban or suburban uh, location? So all of those factors definitely come into play. Question on, you know, what happens after
1: someone purchases a note, what percentage of notes actually are foreclosed on? You know, you mentioned that, you know, you do have a lien on the property, is the, is it common that the notes go into default and you actually do have to go through a foreclosure process on someone? Or is that kind of your backstop there in case
2: something really bad happens? It's the backstop. It's not common that it, it goes all the way to a property being sold. I mean, yes, it's possible. And the lender has those remedies available to them as per the, the loan documents, but it rarely happens the reality is that when there's a default situation, usually the lender and the borrower have to come to some kind of an agreement to either get the loan back on track or get the loan paid off. So there's always some type of resolution that can be pursued. And so a property actually transferring title forcefully through foreclosure. It doesn't happen that often. And if there's any uh, investors out there that go to purchase properties at foreclosure sale, what you're going to find is the majority of the time you can go to the sale, it's published in the paper, it's scheduled. But then right before the sale, They come up and say, this sale's been canceled or postponed. And that's usually because some type of an agreement was reached. Once someone purchases a note,
1: is there anything to do that can kind of make the note more valuable? Or is it no, once you purchase it, it kind of just plays itself out um, until either it matures or you decide
2: to sell it? There's absolutely steps that can be taken to improve the quality of the note certainly in the file, the loan file and the documentation. Uh, If there's any issues there or title issues, those can be cleaned up and and resolved. If there's a borrower that has just not had a good track record in the past, if they're in a better position financially and the track record improves, that's going to improve the value of the note and the quality of the note as well. Now stepping into
1: kind of the, the fun side How does that work? So someone decides, okay, I have some capital. Instead of going out and doing due diligence and looking for opportunities, they invest in a fund and then
2: there's a fund manager who's kind of pulling the strings and actually looking for those opportunities? That's correct. The fund manager is looking at different opportunities. They're active in the marketplace, performing the due diligence. They have uh, the resources and relationships in place to handle all that. And so this this really becomes, for the investor, uh, a passive investment that's fairly hands-off. It's a great option because if you're, especially if you're investing out of a retirement account, which um, has a lot of rules around you're not allowed to be directly involved in the investment itself, that creates a great environment for that. It lends itself really well. Yeah. And I guess plus being able to defer any
1: interest that comes in. Is that how a fund would work? Does it actually kick off interest at periodic
2: points or is it kind of all deferred until some end life of the fund? There are all different models. It doesn't have to be a certain way except the way that the fund is set up to to run. In other words, you'll see funds that pay interest out every month. You'll see other funds that only pay out interest quarterly or annually or some that defer it until some future time. The whole distinction with that is for the investor, you just need to look at what what you need. Do you need monthly income now or do you not care as long as you get it eventually, you can defer it. And so you can see what's going to be the best fit for you as an investor. How does someone get started? How do they see what funds are out there and what are the different options? That's a great question, Mark. I get this all the time. There are numerous funds out there. Uh, A lot of them are done as private offerings. And so you have to build a relationship with the fund managers. It's, It's like a lot of investments, a lot of alternative investments. It's through relationships. Now, as for someone building a portfolio, this is also heavily relationship-based. Uh, there's not any set place to buy and sell notes. And so you have to establish a relationship with a seller of notes to buy from them. And so you might meet people at investment conferences or real estate events, or you heard someone on a podcast and reached out to them. All in all, it comes down to building relationships, but for me, a lot of the investing I've done over the past decades, most of the opportunities come through someone you know, someone you met, someone you have developed a relationship with over time.
1: What are some of the trends you see coming up? And, And obviously, interest rates are changing all over the place, but even specifically artificial intelligence.
2: Different trends I'm seeing is there's more of an increase in regulation in the industry overall. That's, that's been a, a growing trend. As far as AI, I, I feel that that is going to be more prevalent in the origination side of evaluating, uh, loan applications and loan documents, those type of activities that are repeatable. I think that AI is fascinating. There's there's a lot of power in that available, and uh, we'll see what doors of opportunity get opened up in the coming years from that.
1: All right, Fred, that sums up all the questions I have for you today. Thank you for providing some uh, so much valuable information about mortgage note investing. Uh, where can our
2: listeners pick up a copy of your book and learn more about what you do? Yeah, thank you, Mark. Appreciate that. My book is called... The Lil Green Book of Note Investing. It's available on Amazon, and uh, that book provides a great high-level overview for someone wanting to learn more about the note business, whether you want to be active and build your own portfolio of notes, Or whether you want to be a passive investor and how to evaluate funds, note funds, and how do they work and and getting involved with that. And so we cover all that as well as a good portion of the book dedicated to using retirement accounts as a great source of capital for investing using those uh, self-directed retirement accounts and the different strategies for that. And so that, uh, again, that's the little green book of note investing available on Amazon. And for anyone that would like to contact me with questions about anything we talked about today, I always love connecting with individual investors. And you can just visit my website, which is fredmoskowitz.com. And if you prefer a little bit of an easier spelling, you can go to giftfromfred.com and that'll take you right there to my website. And once you're there, I have a special report that I'm happy to send out by email to anyone that wants to request it. Just sign up uh, right on the site and uh, we'll email that report out to you. Always love connecting with investors and building relationships. It's a big part of what we do. Great. We'll link to all that in the uh, podcast episode show notes. Thanks again, Fred,
1: and thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Don't forget to follow the Agent of Wealth on the platform you listen from and leave us a review of the show. We're currently accepting new clients, and if you'd like to schedule a one-on-one consultation with our advisors, please do so at bowdisfinancial.com backslash call.
0: Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions about his financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial planning and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investments and financial planning.